0: What is up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet, my name is Jade, and I'm joined by my good friend Simon Anderson. What's up, Simon?
1: What's up, everybody? Good to see you, Jade. How are you, Hannah
0: and Jade? Wait, real quick, what the hell was that? Show me again. Oh, Mate, that... You never seen a massage gun before? Please tell me that's not an anal
1: gun. Just Whoa, well <laughs> no. This is what all athletes have. This is the future. Uh, no more, needing to, pay. No more needing to pay to go to any fancy massage parlors. You can uh, you can uh, loosen up afterwards yeah. by yourself.
0: Double quotes massage gun. See, <laughs> says Doco in the in the chat and I said, ain't yeah. also this probably isn't going on YouTube after the show, damn it. Um, (laughs) Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us for episode two of This Is What We Know. Um, This is an opportunity for Simon and I to take stock of stories that interest us and a little bit of the uh, events of the week, as well as the Clip Blaster 9000.
1: What's the Clip Blaster 9000?
0: I don't know. (laughs) Ask Docco. (laughs) Mm. anyway simon um as we do as we do every episode i do have a question of the day hannah are you gonna play today yeah question of the day all right yeah yeah Yeah. all right so if you guys want just
2: let me know i have got no idea what jade the question of the day is
0: what's with the subtitles uh you might you might have the plug-in turned on so and they they don't really like the kiwi accent so apologies <laughs> there Docco, but we just thought Baka, papa.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we just especially when you're saying anal i wonder if that, it'll pick yeah. up but anyway i'm going to stop saying that word so we don't get struck. Remember,
2: remember i can't see and remember what you then just don't Ah, oh, what am i imagining hmm
0: well, I, I don't. I have never seen a massage gun, so genuinely, I was like, "Please tell me it's something wholesome." Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doco says, "My God, they do not. I have no idea what's going on." That's why audio is a great thing.
2: Perfect.
1: Yeah, so I, I, uh, I I knew I, I used a moldy word that's not too great for um for captioning. The moldy word for your um, ancestors and linea- lineage lineage. Uh, once again, is fucker papa.
0: Yep. Oh, that would not be great uh, for mm. for subtitles. But Simon, I really appreciate you bringing some rail into the into the stream. Keep doing that for us. Actually, I th- I think it's <laughs> wonderful. Keep doing that. We oh, need we need All more right. rail on the
1: stream. If the if the if the if the moment arises, kakore do
0: We have a new follower. I'll need to pick that oh. up in the stats. I can't see right now. Um, the thank question you for of following. the day is up
1: in front of us. Yep. I
0: see uh, it. I thought I'd load it, load it in a bit silently. Um, so the question of the day, Hannah, and for the benefit of our blind viewers at home, uh, you discover that your last day on Earth is two days from now. What do you do next? I obviously can't spell English, but what do you do next is what it's supposed to say hmm it's actually interesting. interesting so simon
1: right what do next <laughs> what do next to 48 hours until just uh, so maybe i would get my phone out and start planning the biggest bucket list I could get out of forty-eight hours—that would be the immediate thing I would do. Maybe, maybe call some family members. Real boring stuff.
0: But hold um, on, hold on. That's what I'm trying to get to, though. So two days.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you prioritize this list? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's forty-eight hours, and in this current climate, I probably wouldn't be able. to get too much done. I would have to try and avoid things that would get uh, police attention because then I don't want to spend my last 48 hours in the cells. <laughs> so I'd have to go bush, I think, uh, find like a beach or something, just sit on the beach, enjoy the last 48 hours somewhere beautiful. Yeah. So so that's mm. genuinely what you would do? Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to try and set up any sort of wealth for my family or loved ones um, like I wouldn't have I don't know what I would do to try and support them for once when I was gone uh, yeah I don't know I would, I would probably just try and spend most of the time being uh, aware that I was alive and before it wasn't a thing <laughs> you know doing things that would make me very present
0: that's awesome man so Hannah, two days from now, you discover that it's going to be your last day on earth. So you've got two days notice. What do you do next? So I've fixed the text uh, for the people at home. I, I can actually write English.
2: So one question is it when I initially heard the question, I was like 48 hours before... Everybody is gone, or is it just no me?
0: you me?
2: Okay, I was actually gonna say Jinx, very close to what Simon said actually. Um, actually thinking <coughs> about what is it that I want? Being present and doing things that are so relaxing and engaging with family, friends, the people that matter, but also looking after myself. So probably going to the beach and watching a sunset. Um, watching the stars just chilling out now not spending all my time in bed no, meaning just relaxing things and being present, not worrying about being gone, not worrying about what's next and knowing that in a way that I can um, give back to others that things aren't going to be tied back, tied up in, in hopes, so if I'm suddenly gone, you can have access to, to everything that I own and all my money and things like that.
0: Oh,
1: you wouldn't need to do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that, nice. That's so nice. Yeah. yeah Jade's like,
1: looking over at us too, just wanting to spend our last 48 hours just relaxing, he's going... <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's what I exactly was thinking. <laughs> so, what would you
1: do? Yeah, so I'll just
0: come to Doko first. Um, so, Doko says, I got two days, roll a pure joint and blast one out. Uh, now, genuinely, I have no idea what that means or what that consists of, but hey, Doko, thanks for, thanks for sharing with the team. For me... I, you know, because I write these questions, unfortunately, I, I've unfortunately for the both of you, I have time to sort of mull over it. So for me, I did think about this, and and the first thing that I do is very similar to what Simon said up front. I think what I'd be doing is pulling out my phone, and sort of you, you know, you've got in the back of your mind this list of people that you either don't like or you, <laughs> or you really like that you just haven't seen things to about stuff. So I'd probably mm. figure out my list of people that I did and didn't like and just say the things that I always say that I'll say another time you know, mm-hmm. and, and just get really real. Now, some of this stuff is going to be, like, really positive and heartwarming for the people and, and for other people, it's going to be like, really raw and just, I need to let you know, I think you're a piece of shit. Like, like that's how it's literally going to come out. Um, but for me, that that just, like, because once your final day has come, there's no more chance to say that stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to be I'm going to feel really good about getting that out um, if I had notice of my last few days of living. Um, like Simon, you know, the traveling thing is a bit of a 50-50 thing. I think initially I was thinking, yeah, I'd love to travel to somewhere like Italy and and just like sit on a beach somewhere or something. But also if it takes you 24 hours... To get to the place, you're kind of selling yourself a bit short. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't, I don't actually think travel will be what it is. I think in reality, I'm gonna find somewhere nice, maybe rent out a, um, a Airbnb, something like that. Somewhere nice, at, you know, not far from Auckland. Um, order all the food that I could possibly want. You know, all my favorites. And just sit there and eat it, uh, knowing full well that I've purposely left only one dollar on my credit card, uh, so that, only so that the Airbnb will clear, and that it's not actually going to get paid. And I'll feel really good. I'll, I'll feel really good about it because I'm not going to be here in two days.
1: That sounds great. Yeah. I minute, mean, I would. I would. Yes. I would order like. The top three things from ten different restaurants. And just eat because
0: like you've got I mean, I've got to diabetes, I have to be really conscious about what I eat. But um with two days left, no you don't. So so I dive head first into a banana sundae and just forget about it.
2: <laughs>
0: That's it. Um that sounds like a dream. What I'd be thinking about, see, the, the differing element for me is I have a daughter. So I think I I would be, like, those are all the fun things that I do, but there, there'd be obviously a lot of preparation and talking to her and her mother about what's going to happen. But, you know, don't want to dig into the detail too much. I, I think I've got a pretty decent plan for what I do with my last days. If you at home have any views or opinions about what your last days could look like, like Doco has already, please f- feel free to leave those in the chat. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah, let me get the chat up so I can see what's going on.
0: Simon, I was wondering yeah. if you want to go first or whether I should. Yeah, sure. How do you no, feel? No, oh, I'm, happy. I'm happy to go first so on on my screen well they're all about avocados aren't they so do you want the two two out of two out of two out of three okay okay so so did you want the drew or those first uh so say again sorry did you want the drew post
1: or one of these first oh Oh, that so the 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 first post the avocados will save the journal for last. Okay, RNZ. I'm yep.
0: gonna pull that up now. Again, I'm. This not, is a bit of a. I'm not sure how super readable this is going to be for people at home. So if you could, that um, is
1: all good. I will I will right. summarize. It's yep. just yeah. Anyway, so if you just stay with the top bit there for now, that's cool. Uh, this is a little bit of like. A, personal touch because this is about um where my maori uh, side comes from so this is close to to home a little bit but the titles here sucker and see avo water consents worry conservation so there's articles from 2018 early 2018 and, and they were talking about the consents that they were giving to these new avocado farms that they'd set up in the very far north so this is like on the top half. Of um ninety mile beach and up all the way to to the top of the um to the country and they have these aquifers underneath the sand dunes there that have uh, massive amounts of, of fresh water and all the homes around there and businesses and farms have been taken from this aquifer for 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 forever since there's been people there and so they've um they were all they've already had reports um of families having their their personal like property bores that that bore into aquifer starting to taste salty and what that is, is is salt water salt water intrusion so this is it talks about it further on in the article as well about the sort of salt water intrusion but I, you know to find it i'll just keep talking to it mm-hmm. but basically the the that the with the current in 2016 with the current people and businesses taking from the aquifer. There was already worries of the the sand and earth eroding around it and letting salt water in. And then they consented to give these avocado farms the consent to remove millions of liters uh from this aquifer a year which doesn't, you know, like refill very quickly. Water has to come down from the sky, filter through the earth all the way down until it reaches the aquifer before it's able to be used Mm. and so this was 2016 and they gave those consents so if you just like flick to the next article it's kind of the 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 second half of this so this is from this year and you can see now that those avocado farms are a little bit more um set up and they're getting they're getting ads for avocado farms on the (laughs) the (laughs) opportunity grows here (laughs) yeah if you go to the top oh totally. um, yep. just re- yeah that's fine yeah so huge far north water verdict looms as avocado so av- avocados boom so few, three uh, yeah three years on um there's masses like they, they one of the articles i've seen described it as football fields just football fields of avocados everywhere as far as the eye can see in um the far north and they're just a really hard crop to maintain, especially in New Zealand, is the only place that can do it is the far north, really a lot of plenty, uh, because you need so much sun in a good climate. But they're taking so much water from the surrounding area, they're actually draining wetlands. So this, this article talks about um, the wetlands that are around the aquifer and that they can't quite, there's no science that proves that they're linked, but the common thinking from most people is that if you drain the water from an aquifer, it's, it's going to pull on the sources of water around it to try and return to equilibrium. You know what I mean? So, Oh, there's a
0: scientific theory around that. Osmosis. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they think, yeah. So, you know, they're talking about these giant avocado farms, just one putting the, the private, um, sources of water of the whole you know area around the far north at jeopardy and also um just ruining natural habitats by sucking the water out of the earth i mean there's a lot going on in the far north that is avoiding a lot of um scrutiny you know there's lots of new fancy golf courses getting built on fragile ecosystems there's lots of retirement villages getting built in really remote or um environmental and, and um, pristine locations and and there's lots of <clears throat> there's lots of areas up there where the water source is just the local stream and because of the population sizes that's been really fine to do for ages but now that there's this there's been this influx in the last decade of these cultures coming to new zealand and uh, bringing their families with them and putting them up in in um you know retirement villages and there's a there's a whole industry that builds these communities for uh, people and in the far north there's not a lot of um observation like there would be if it was happening in Auckland or in Coromandel or Queenstown or these areas that are quite well built you know the far north has been um quite in need of some investment for a while so nobody's batting an eyelid at it they're just taking any opportunity for anybody to invest in them
2: Mm. so I
1: mean there's, it's it's really worrying me what's going on in the far north, um, just with the projects that I've seen happening. Um, <clears throat> one that the one there's one that intersects um, my interests in a few different ways. But um, I probably should have brought some articles for it because it's really interesting. Right. But anyway, there's there's this golf course that built it's brand new golf course um, right on the sand dunes of one of my favorite surf breaks and what they did to build this golf club is they built a causeway over a small stream so they flattened it out with gravel so that trucks could just drive across it and what happened is the local fish couldn't swim up the river and into the small estuary there to spawn and that fish is That fish is like the 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 primary source of food for this bird called the fairy tern, and the fairy tern just so happens to be the logo of this golf club called Taraiti, and so their logo is this bird that is like incredibly endangered to New Zealand. That wetland estuary sand dune area is about the only place in New Zealand that they nest and live and hunt. And they destroyed one of their most primary sources of food to build their golf course and they put them on their logo and i just think it's just so disgusting and sickening and every time i see their videos pop up on instagram of their pristine greens and fairways and their drone shots of the beach and stuff i just get a little bit sick in my stomach
0: so i'm i'm not super knowledgeable about
1: this but would you say the consent process is broken I, I... it's been it's been in the news for ages because the council and the government was yeah the council and the government have been passing it back and forth to each other saying no you have to tell them they did something wrong no you have to tell them you did they did something wrong they're not arguing that that road that they built damaged the the the, the habitat they that that's been proven to have happened but it's about who has the legal ability to prosecute them or to punish them and it hasn't happened yet. So, there's so, another two. There's another two golf courses going in um, on the other side of the headland from where the golf course is um, in an area called forest. Well, the surf break is called forestry, but the wider area is called Parkerty. I know this is
0: semi-divergent to your point, in and completely understand what you're trying to say about ecological impacts and people not being able to get water. But what what is the what is the attraction of golf courses like
1: like why the boom uh it it attracts the right type of clientele like it's it's an an easy it's an easy way to only cater to the finer upper echelons of society you know like you put a you put a fancy golf course in somewhere and then you immediately only have to deal with, with high value customers Wow,
0: that that was probably the rawest statement that I've heard all week, but I actually have to agree, Simon.
1: Yeah. No, you're well, right Well, this then. is this golf this golf course that I'm talking about is so exclusive. If you're a get like a visitor, you have to like write in and apply and then you only get to play it once and then you can never play it again again. You can never play it again unless you become a member or you become friends with a member who can have you so like even if you're just joe boggs who wants to play the course you can't wow only once wow
0: yeah i've I've heard of golf courses and country clubs like that you
2: but i i haven't heard of it in new zealand like we've heard about it in america
0: yeah
2: so it's like um, we're yeah. little old New Zealand. That's more than probably as a, a state in America. So
1: mm.
2: in our but back country. Back to, Sorry,
1: but back to that's no, right. The to the original articles that we're talking about. Mm. Um, it's just it's it's scary because it's so easy for it to be justified in the media through the avenue of investing economically in a, you know, a poverty-stricken area, um, it seems like the easiest way to justify uh, any sort of habitat destruction and unnecessary expansion is just to say, oh, look how many jobs this will create for this area that's really poor, or look how how much tourism this will bring. It's just so much heavily weightedness on the dollar value of any thing we do that nothing else matters Mm -hmm.
0: a a very what what I even want to say a very American point of view like I I never like New Zealand runs on money obviously but in terms of societal attitudes I maybe I'm naive Simon maybe I like to think that you know, people don't think about the money so much. I I think it's been more of a more of a perspective that's been imported to New Zealand from the um, because we've had a massive surge in immigration. I wonder if that's what sort of feeds into a changing perspective on you know classes. Because did you did you grow up think about classes like? Sure, we knew who the rich kids were, but we didn't even know what that meant really. Do you know no, what I mean?
1: mean like Do you know a, what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like a rich kid like, when growing up like I wasn't ever rich. Um you, you knew you knew who the rich kids were the rich kids at your school were like the kids who got the consoles first or the kids who got like a flash bike, or you know, you could tell what what company their clothes were. Like those are the rich kids, but the yeah. thing is, the rich kids back then weren't going to our schools. <laughs> they weren't living in our neighborhoods, and they weren't yeah. they weren't you know like visible to us at all. The really rich kids were totally, not even a part of our lives. That that's probably
0: what it was. I'll accept that. And uh, it's it's disappointing. And like you said, Simon, I really I really feel for the far north. Like yeah. like you really hit me with this one. I thought we were just talking about avocados but i I didn't realize how deep it actually got Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so do you do you know anything about so let's say we drain this
1: aquifer right Mm -hmm. so what's the plan if they drain that aquifer then everybody who's been relying on that for their drinking water then now has to get on like a, a tank water supply and that, that that aquifer is ruined forever it'll never ever not be contaminated it could have like knock on effects of salinification sil, sil, yeah, yeah, solidifying making all of like the the just the groundwater across the whole area salty and just killing all of the um the farmland up there like if it just spreads throughout all the waters just gets salty because that area is so narrow and it's so close to salt water and that aquifer sits below you know so far below the earth it's um it's a dangerous situation it'll just make this whole part of the country a lot harder to live in I'm actually really pissed off about this yeah I'm I think <laughs> I'm pissed off about it eh?
0: Like, this is so dumb. This, uh, this, yeah. is like, this is like the issue we've got with um, Coca-Cola and other companies having access to us bring water apparently for free. Uh, that, yeah,
1: paying like a, what, $50 license fee or something to get, to have the rights to pull water from these, but don't have to pay per litre. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: something has
0: fucked up, Simon. Someone, yeah, someone's turn. making decisions somewhere that you know we we gotta get them out whoever that is the, yeah. the the northland council has something to answer for at the very least and our government wow there's so much i could say but i'll refrain for now <laughs> um so, so why don't
1: we smoothly transition into something from your list of um, topics
0: too? yeah yeah smoothly as an. Let's go from <laughs> avocados to spoff. How about that, yeah. Simon? That's great. <laughs> so real talk, before I pull up the article, like, like you obviously know that there's a market for, for sperm, right? Sperm banks. And there there's various, there's various reasons why people use sperm banks. Um, one could be, you know, you're a single person or, or, a or a same-sex couple that can't conceive, and you need sperm, you might be using somebody else's sperm for genetic therapy reasons. There's a lot of reasons um, why you would purchase sperm. But apparently, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you'll bear with me through this, and I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I'm not that this is not a joke. I'm not trying to prank Simon here. Um, uh, this first came to my attention, uh, via Radio New Zealand, the same, same organization, um, Simon bought his article from, but I couldn't actually... Yeah, see semi-credible. I couldn't actually find that one, so I have to admit that we're coming to you live from proto, Protoss.com today, and basically the headline... The headline of this article talks about uh is unvaccinated sperm really the next bitcoin and i'm sitting on a fortune <laughs> well, well i've got i've got several millions of sperm on me right now that i could easily get rid of <laughs> uh, what do you uh, notice um Unvaccinated sperm is the next Bitcoin, they say, and I'm not going to read the whole article, but basically the upshot is that with the advent of the vaccine uh, participants in the sperm donation space are generally erring on the side of caution and the concept of medical tyranny that you brought to the stream Uh, last week Simon and saying they'd pay more for unvaccinated sperm so pay for sperm from a man who has not been vaccinated um there's actually no science to back up that uh sperm is affected by the vaccine in any way I don't know do you have other insights into this Simon
1: no, I haven't heard any reports specific to uh, side effects or uh, issues with sperm after being vaccinated. But it's one thing I'm worried about because it's probably one of those things that wouldn't uh, surface straight away. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, <clears throat> but certainly, certainly would. Um, if I was if I was needing to find a donor for my children, I would probably be in the same. Um, these people and looking for unvaccinated sperm. But according to this article, what
0: is driving um, the price of the sperm up is actually a lack of donation uh, because of uh, various lockdowns and uh, people not attending medical facilities unless they actually have COVID. Um, There's not been so many donations. And there's a, there's a bit of a diagram on here for the visual listeners, visual listeners, the visual <laughs> participants at home, um, showing a graph uh, relative to Bitcoin. Um, I think this refers to one vial of sperm, not one sperm, because we'd all be billionaires overnight. Um, but yeah, about about 50 percent. Of the price of Bitcoin right now, which is around about last time I checked forty thousand US dollars? Mm. So about wow. twenty thousand dollars
1: for a vial of sperm. Is wait, so is that blue line in the graph a cryptocurrency called sperm? No no like your uh, your sperm because <laughs> uh, right. like, so, you know how you know when you have a cryptocurrency you put the dollar sign and then like a uh, yeah the letters in caps yeah to, to denote the currency that's what it looks like i thought someone had figured out how to blockchain this <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so no this is a graph obviously made by someone that has uh no too idea. too much time on their hands yeah no idea what they're talking about um this is a this is a tweet saying unvaccinated men will be in demand in the future I think so uh, but I want to get to the last bit um, high quality sperm is real though while there's no evidence to suggest that unvaccinated uh, sperm price should be any different to vaccinated spunk End. I quote the concept of markets preferring, High-quality sperm is true. Uh, Vice News noted that a single vial, several years back, was worth 370 to 890 dollars. Well, how do we read that graph then? Now I'm confused. Uh, on what's known as the fertility market. So there you have it. I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my junk nice and unvaccinated.
1: Should I run out of money in the future. Here's a question though, Jade. Yeah. Would you be okay with actually donating sperm and knowing that you had kids out there running around in the world oh, that you couldn't meet? That
0: is a question. So Yeah, have I thought about this?
1: I have and I don't think I could do it.
0: Yeah, well, go on then.
1: Say you've thought about it. Oh well, yeah. I just think mm-hmm. I, if if I if I donated sperm and knew that there was a kid out there floating around, and I couldn't be involved in their life, that would be really hard for me because I would want to make sure that if something that I contributed towards is alive, I'd want to make sure that they're doing all right. Like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't not create, help create life, and not um, look after it or acknowledge it you don't that would be the hardest but just not acknowledging that life it would and you i've seen it on that show missing pieces and on its a tv show in new zealand yeah where somebody um, you know investigates for families that would have missing pieces and tries to reconnect them the you can see the psychological damage on people that have the most lovingest foster or adopted parents ever but just no for their whole lives that their father's out there somewhere or their mother's out there. Yeah. And then they, when they if they get the chance to meet them, you see this wonderful reconnection in, in this moment. And it's like, even if you have the best intentions and think I'm going to donate sperm and there's going to be a wonderful couple that are going to raise this person right, there's a chance that you could play a part in giving this person psychological damage if they don't deal with that properly. And I don't know if I want to risk that.
2: Yeah, no. And what I was going to say too... Actually, relates to missing pieces is um I saw an episode that was about um about basically she found out that her father um what they used a sperm donor because her father couldn't um wasn't able to um have a child with her mother um so what. You know it went through is that she said she said oh i want to see my mother out there i want to see my father out there and the pieces that they're now saying is um if it was after a certain year now you can actually put as a sperm donor that you want to um meet the child and be known to the child I was
0: like, wow. Um. So, thanks, Anna. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody turning up. Somebody turning up on your door. Hey, I'm your kid. So, to a tube.
0: how would you, how would you deal with that, Simon? Um, how would, you, how would you deal with the opposite fact? What if? What if the kid wanted to know you as well? Speed spent time and resource trying to find you like like yeah, I I know it's not a real thing, we'd be really hypothetical. But but how do you how do you think you'd react if like a twelve year old or a sixteen year old showed up on your doorstep?
1: I'd be pretty stoked I guess. Yeah. Oh, that'd be tough. Like, sperm donor, you're not really looking for any sort of uh, obligations or responsibilities afterwards. But, I mean, yeah, if somebody came say, came looking saying, ah, you may be, I mean, I'd have to, you know, I definitely would welcome them with open arms. Yeah, man. I mean,
0: I I have to be honest, like, I've not actually thought about it as a thing that I would do. And let me be clear, cerebral palsy is not actually genetic. So I'd have no, mm. no concerns with all that. Like it's all good. Like my daughter's healthy, able-bodied, all of that. Um, but yeah, I I would see it, I would see it as me doing, like social good like like i've always thought you know what if what if a couple came to me or someone asked me to help Mm -hmm. them in a kind of way i think if i knew the people i'd be more open to that than just dropping
1: it off at a bank yeah definitely it could be like some form of god father you know role in their life yeah Something, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: uncle jade yeah uncle I, dad jade. uncle dad and and i'd have mm. the I'd have the realistic view that you know I offered to help, I signed a contract, it's not my baby, don't get weird about it so <laughs> <laughs> you know i yeah, I'd be really clear about that, so yeah,
2: similar to like an open adoption kind of.
0: Kind of thing. Uh, I wouldn't even see it as that because, like, they're literally taking my nut. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even participating in the making of the baby. So. Yeah, it's the whole
1: turkey baster approach. Yeah, so I,
2: it's, it's more just that with an open adoption, the adopted parents can um, send photos, can yeah. engage with you, or not, and they can know you yeah and you can keep in touch and maybe just see the photos from now and then or be more involved whereas a closed adoption you will never mm. see that child ever again i
0: genuinely i genuinely wouldn't see it as an adoption like
2: no not an adoption like, yeah. but that form your yeah. an uncle or godfather like yeah. that sort yeah. of removed a friend and that
0: The other element is you want to make sure the parents don't make it weird either, Simon. Yeah. So, say say they did keep you close, you got to make sure they don't treat you like this, like, stepdad vibe or dad on the side kind of
1: thing. Like, I wouldn't want that at all. Like, yeah, it's putting a lot of faith in your friend's parenting abilities. Like, lots of my mates would be shit parents. Like,
0: oh, that's a list. Shout out to Simon's Bates. Yeah. <laughs> nah, they
1: know that. They know what's up.
0: Um, so, from sperm to elite athletes, we're, we're just doing the transitions justice today, aren't we, Simon? Mm,
1: elite
0: athletes would probably have uh, high-quality... Them to donate yeah I would say so so what I wanted to <coughs> talk about next and again um I'm, I'm not gonna read the article but I'm just gonna sort of skate through for everyone at home but I started to have a bit of an interest Simon in not just the Paralympics because you know that's obviously a hot topic for for us at the moment and we're doing quite well with a few exceptions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I sort of started to wonder, how do these guys fund themselves? This is an article from stuff.co.nz End, and we make all the links uh, that we talk about in the show available after the fact on YouTube and on Odyssey, if you want to check that out, uh, after the live show. Uh, Many of the contingent that are currently in Tokyo are on two weeks annual leave or special leave from their employer. Um, Yep, and most of them have jobs, Simon. Are you surprised by that?
1: A little bit. I mean, well... I should, have, I should have been probably aware of it. I'm surprised I wasn't aware of it. I'm not surprised that that's how it is. I guess, yeah. Um, so, of
0: the 29 strong side that we, we have sent, New Zealand have sent uh, to the Paralympics, there are only seven who are considered um, full-time athletes. Some of the notable ones are Sophie Pascoe, um Anna, I should have probably practiced these before the live. Grimaldi, uh nice. Holly Robin, Holly Robertson, Lisa Adams, I'm not gonna try for the cyclist, Simon, you will never go. Uh
1: is that LG Mart <laughs> Martinder?
0: LG Mart Spender. Nicole Murray and veteran shooter Michael Johnson. You saved my ass on that one, Simon, thank you. We'll see, yeah. So of the rest, um, seven are studying while 15 to 50% of the squad juggle jobs to make a living. Mm-hmm. Um, further down, it talks about... Le- let me just scroll through here. Um, so for the Wheelblakes in particular... Um, New Zealand World Tree Rugby doesn't meet the carding criteria of top six in the world for them to access additional levels of support. So basically, these guys are self-funding everything they do. And there is our man of the hour, Barney Koniferadisi, who has been tearing it up, even though they only placed... Eighth, which is really um, unfortunate so mm. the, this article refers to, to the fact that uh, for the standard wheelchair rugby kit you can be paying anywhere up to 10000 to $18,000 for the equipment and that assumes that it's in usable condition I would imagine there would be more if you need to replace things like wheels and Things happening to your wheelchair structurally. Um, there's also additional costs for domestic travel to tournaments and things like that. In saying that, this will be the first time that Kiwi Paralympians will have pay parity with their non-disabled ca- counterparts. Uh, with 60000 for a gold medal win, down to 47500 five hundred. For a 4th
1: to 6th place finish. That's not much of a spread. I would have thought the gap... and Well, I would have thought there would be way more for a gold. And I would have thought the spread would have been much further apart. Like, I mean, as long as you're in the top 6 or 7, you, you, you're you getting pretty much a similar payout. But
0: the thing that I latch onto, Simon, is... What the hell? This is the first year they're, they're getting a pay parity deal? Mm. Bit slow. But bit slow at getting there, but Like like I really I really feel for our Paralympians, like um The coverage has been terrible too. Yeah. Uh definitely not on par. Uh the system is changing, however, in January next year, uh it will be less geared towards finishing places and instead have a $25,000 base training grant for a bigger range of athletes that can, for the better performers, then be topped up by an excellence grant. That sounds complicated. Mm.
2: Well, I guess what that means is maybe some of those people who are working full-time could maybe step down and be working part-time and be able to fund fund you know their training um through that ground and anything else and maybe some living expenses um and then then they're more likely to be able to put more energy into training and they're more likely to
0: actually get place higher mm. um to take it to the awkward place though um so sort of what's what's the return on investment for investing in the paralympics though simon like like i i'd need i need a bit more data around how our guys winning gold attracts people either to the sport or to New Zealand. I haven't really
1: seen much evidence. No, they use them in advertising campaigns, though. Yep. You know, they trot them out at events and stuff. Yeah. Both both Olympics and Paralympics. You know, they get their beef and lamb ad <laughs> deals.
0: Oh, you're quite right about that, actually. And um, I must say... Uh, Dan Carter's done pretty well after retirement, albeit in those cheesy Chemist warehouse ads. Mm. Uh, um. So there's there must be economy going around in there, but yeah, I I think the my perspective on this is I absolutely feel Paralympians have been underserved. I mean we read off those notable names that admit they're full-time and and are quite proud of that and i'm stoked for them that that they can be full-time athletes so that's cool Mm. but but what what can we do as you said simon the coverage has been absolutely poor uh the olympics had four channels from what i could remember
1: no they had they had up to like 12 on sky you know like you could choose between 12 different olympic channels wow and i was watching on sky go man i thought it was four i don't know no no sky was rolling deep on the channels you (laughs) could (laughs) i could flick i could flick between 12 different sports at some points you
2: know i was gonna say did you tell me that this is the first year that they've ever had the paralympics live?
0: Yeah, yeah, Simon. But by my recall, this is this is actually the first
1: time we've had the Paralympics live. Really? Has it only just? I just thought it was me only ever catching the recaps on the news and you know, missing the Olympics. I had never no idea that I never did the Paralympics live.
0: No, no. This uh, this is actually the first time, and I I suppose the value that I want to bring for the show today is I just want to call out. I just want to call out, first of all, the government. I think they could do a bit more in this space. Um, I I then just want to draw attention to any of my viewers. If you could, you know, Google up New Zealand Paralympics and try to see what you can do to help them. I, I'm definitely going to be re- re-evaluating that for myself. Yeah. For for a time, Simon, I was training with the World Blacks And, um, one of the first things they sort of raise with you, that they sort of, it's like your first day on the job and they say, well, you know, your, your wheelchair is going to be at least $10,000 and it's not going to be funded by the government. So they kind of say that to you to sort of gauge your commitment to the sport. Because uh, they're not funding it for you, and I think that's a travesty to
1: use that word again. Yeah, it's, um, that was like a well-known thing in touch growing up. Like I played a lot of representative touch um, as a kid, and once you started getting towards national level, if you wanted to represent New Zealand, all through age group, even up into um, the open men's grade, Every time you wanted to play in the New Zealand team, it was upwards of thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 once you factored in, like, the, the gear you had to pay for, the, the flights, the accommodation, everything, the tournament entry costs. Like, there was no funding in Touch New Zealand. Mm. Mate.
0: Oh, well, so, so I, I, I really thought it was good to sort of open the lid on paralympians mm. and i just want to take the opportunity if anybody's you know catches a clip later on or google you know captures my voice and it comes up on sh- search for paralympians i just want to say thanks very much for what you all do i feel really bad for the wheelblacks coming eighth i i genuinely hope for more and i'm sure they did as well but appreciate very much your efforts out there.
1: Hmm. Are, we, are we hanging around on the Olympics? Because there's a couple more things I'd like to talk about.
0: Go ahead. I was going to hand um, over to you
1: anyway. Yep. Um, what was I <coughs> going to say? Oh, yes. Um, what, what do you think... Well, okay, I'll ask this differently. I would like to know your opinion on the way that some events in the paralympics are categorized based on disability um i don't know if they if they used like the word severity but um the degree of disability an athlete has like what do you think about that and how they run that in the special in the paralympics sorry okay
0: so i'm i'm actually very limited in knowledge and Simon, you, you've you created an opportunity for us to potentially reach out to an official from the Paralympics to come on the show. Maybe we can do that. But um, from what, mm. of the, what I've seen, what I've seen is that there, there, there is an unusual thing that goes on, particularly in the swimming. So the, this is just an anecdote. I don't speak with any authority on this, but my mother and I, the other day, she was over here on Friday, so we, we, watched a, we watched a men's swimming event, I think it was 400, 400 breaststroke even, was it? Mm. And there was, there was guys that were missing legs, guys that were missing arms, guys that were had all their limbs, I don't want to call them able-bodied, because that wouldn't be correct, They wouldn't be in the Paralympics. But no. people that had all their limbs, uh, people that were blind, all in the same event. So, for me, there are, there must be immense comp- complexity as to how you figure out how to equate impairments. Because mm. I saw other events where there were blind people, uh, men with cerebral palsy, I think I was catching a segment of men swimming events I saw men with cerebral palsy that couldn't uh, kick, uh, just just a whole, whole range, and my mother and I was sitting there going, don't understand, because the guy that seemed able-bodied actually did win quite a few of his, uh, his events. And that didn't make sense to us because he's going up against guys that were missing an arm kind of thing. And that, you, you know, from my uninformed perspective, that, that would seem to have a drastic impact on swimming performance.
1: Yeah, there. I watched the backstroke. <laughs> <laughs> I watched, here's, here's something interesting. I watched a backstroke event. Where one of the competitors, instead of holding on to the um, the po- like, you know how a normal starting block for backstroke is they they're in the water, they grab onto the starting block and their feet are up against the yep. wall, and they're pushing her backwards. So this yep. gentleman had no arms, so his his team his trainer was holding a towel over the edge of the water, and this guy had the towel in his mouth. So when this so when they're doing take your mark, set, go, he had it in his mouth, and then would jump push off the wall and let go of this towel in his mouth and then he did the whole backstroke with no backstrokes at all it was all his legs and body mm-hmm. movements but he did well he was leading the whole event um but it looks like he just got tired and ended up coming second but it was a great race from him yeah no so uh sorry i can't give you
0: more solid answers around that simon but um I know a bit more about how they grade uh, the rugby teams on impairment. And fun fact, uh, just for the people at home, uh, they have a grading system uh, for World G Rugby players and, and the lower grades are normally the, the defenders, uh, the people that can't move fast. So defenders are anywhere from uh, point five to one, and I was actually graded as a point five because I, no. I I didn't have a lot of mobility with the ball. I had lots of mobility without the ball, but with the ball, I struggled a bit, right? So I was a point mm. five. Women, whatever grade they come in, because wheelchair rugby is actually a mixed sport, whatever grade they come in, they say there are two point five. Uh, they're more they're more suited to attacking players, kind of like Barney Conoveranisi, really agile mm-hmm. and stuff. Women are actually compensated uh, for the fact that they're playing against men by deducting 0.5 off their score.
1: Interesting.
0: So, so you could have a more bolstered the The other four players could be more bolstered, and you could still have a female player, and still meet the required eight
1: points on the field. Oh, I didn't know there was a point. Yeah. yeah exactly what I was yeah. trying to get. Yeah.
0: And I'd love to go into more technical detail about that, but I only knew what my point system was. I I don't I don't actually know how they arrived at it. To be fair. It is a it is around your impairment and your agility with the ball though. So, but for women because it's predominantly men and it's supposed to be a mixed sport, whatever grade you come in, they deduct zero point five to even up the playing
1: field a bit. Wow, look at that, ain't eh? just uh, wheelchair rugby being um, woke well for <laughs> the rest of the, <laughs> the world. Yeah, no, it's.
0: It's really good and and something that I don't think a lot of people know lots about. Like, I knew women played, but I didn't know until the commentator said it that women are compensated
1: by deducting 0.5, so really awesome. I should probably get into it because I stopped playing rugby because I had a knee reconstruction, but that wouldn't be an issue in wheelchair rugby. I
0: don't think so. Uh, very few of us need our legs on the court, Simon, so so you'd be, <clears throat> you'd be, you'd be most welcomed. And if I'm honest, like, I'm not making any, any announcements on stream, but I've definitely got the bug back since, since I've been watching the boys play. Oh, okay. So... I don't know, I'm kind of old as wheelchair rugby players go, but America has a pretty old mother efforts,
1: man.
2: Uh, they had <laughs> yeah. there's some guys that were probably another ten years older than you, so
1: uh, experience pays then, you know. eh? So I
0: think I've been using ages as ages an excuse, but um I I think I definitely have the bug back and I might be uh, reaching out to the boys pretty soon. I think I right, see I mean,
2: if- I think partly too why you it's so set on age in New Zealand is especially because you have to fund it yourself. And, yeah. And then also, well, New Zealand doesn't like investing in more people, even though you might be investing in your own chair or whatnot. So I think that could be partly it too. Um. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but watch the space. Let's see what happens. Um, I'm not committing to anything but just yet, but let's see. I'm really, yeah, I'm getting the bug back. I'll say that. That's cool.
2: Uh, in my sense, I do think it's good that they do grade, um, grade the sports, but I do think that the question is, need to be had, how is it graded? Um, I think of myself. I have looked, you know, there was different gradings of um, blind sports, and it made sense that, one, a lot of people with visual impairments, um, maybe they're just visually impaired in some way, or they're visually impaired and have physical impairments. So that also Mm, made sense why um, that grading was important. So, um, but it's one thing that, um, I really do think that, um, Jade and I were actually kind of talking about this morning, is one, the promotion of the Paralympics, but also the education around the Paralympics, um, because I was looking at sports last night and I was looking at, um you know, Lisa Adams and Shotput. And I was thinking in the set category that she's in, I'm thinking, well, what category is that? What does that actually mean?
0: Yeah, they just call out the categories, those and it can be kind of awkward. It's like, mm. yeah, but what does that mean? So I don't know, Hannah, do you think um, you could you could get a Paralympic expert on the show? Yeah. And we could we could talk about some of that. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Let's get Paula. True. You and I are not unfamiliar with uh Paula, are we, Simon? So No. That that's amazing. I think go, go, really good point, actually. I
2: think um we could always talk to Mary.
0: And Mary Fisher, Hannah's a good friends with her. She likes me as well, so that helps. Oh nice. <laughs> she didn't go this time.
2: Yeah, so that's one thing I was kind of amazed, but that's why I think that it's a huge thing. Um, last Olympics that she was at, I remember a big thing was her qualifying at set events. So if you're not able to qualify at these events, then you're not able to actually qualify to go to the Paralympics. Even are you, are you talking about
0: funding wise again? Like getting no. to different events?
2: Yeah, well yes and no like she had to go to um, different races around the world um, prior to the Paralympics that she went to mm. um, I'm thinking of COVID COVID was
0: lucky yeah,
1: okay,
2: yeah. and you're not able so she to couldn't travel the event. Yeah. so you can't put yourself into it I'm not actually sure exactly where she's at with actually what she's doing in her whole life um, compared to then when she was not so much working, so just studying. So
0: There's not many people I know what they're doing with their whole life. There was a random phrase behind <laughs> head of but uh, yep Compared
2: to when, when <laughs> she was in the hey, Paralympics. Simon,
0: what are you doing for your whole life? <laughs> <laughs> when
2: she was in the Paralympics last time. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. had time to invest into her swimming. Yeah. And she was doing a better study. Now I think I believe she's finished her study. So, yeah, you know, as we were talking about earlier, Paralympians w- working full time and training.
0: Hmm. So, mm. so I I think that'll be a good place to leave this. But just, just again, shout out to the Paralympians for the hard work they're doing. And I had
2: one other point to say. Real fast. Um, I. I was going to say the point that I was going to say is um, why does the Paralympic, Paralympian, Paralympics need to be on later than the Olympics?
1: Yeah, that is weird though.
2: I'm thinking, couldn't they? Because it's
1: probably all recorded as well, I think. It's probably not live. You know. Yeah, that is weird though.
2: Can't they have swimming all at once, and it be a mi- You know, not, not the mix of abilities together, but swimming all at Tokyo, all at the same time, and then, then um, I think we just need more promotion of Paralympics and what it means.
0: Yeah, I, I'm much more interested in the Paralympics than I've ever been. And um yeah, I th- I think we should definitely reach out to people that we know and get them on the show.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh so Simon, you've got one more, I've got one more. Uh let's see let's see how we go, eh? Did you wanna go next? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yes, please, we'll put up. Yeah, cool. Uh where are you There. So we're heading to the word of Twitter this time um you're always taking uh, us back there simon oh it's where all the best stuff (laughs) is coming from so i mean excuse the the interesting language you said but so this um this is a tweet from a lovely gentleman he says even the crackhead facebook mum conspiracy theorists are batting 1000 now that might mean nothing to the uninitiated but what he's saying there is that even the the videos that went flying around facebook that were um so viral of people putting spoons and magnets and phones and any sort of metal object up against their shoulder and it would stick you know all these videos that were massive they were saying they've now found that some uh moderna vaccines suspected to contain metallic particles and if you just click on the the second image there where it's got the text and yeah um the in their report published late on thursday cited ministry sources as saying the particle reacted to magnets and was therefore suspected to be a metal moderna has described it as the particulate matter that did not pose a safety or e- efficacy issue so it makes you wonder whether all of those magnet videos hadn't had a bit of truth to it and it kind of reinforces my thought mm. that on some level, those videos were real. Like, when those videos first came out, I was like, oh, this is some disinformation bullshit trying to get us to believe in some sort of wacky conspiracy theory to make us all seem stupid and and, um, ignorant. But what it looks like is potentially they saw that this could actually be a real thing, and then they started putting out all these videos and hyping up these, these, you know, the fake ones that were people trying to make it look like it was real to try and get people to think, oh, it's just crazy people trying it. Um, get a reaction online. There's no actual substance to the story, but it seems like there is enough substance here that some of these vaccines were containing bits of metal in them.
0: Like, why would you just make that up? Like, I I realise the internet is full of crazies, but why would you just
1: make up that your arm is magnetised? Mm. Like there was the there was the 5G microchip talk long ago, but that's not a quick jump to magnetism you know no it's not an immediate jump to think oh yeah maybe maybe my arm's gonna be magnetic now but I
0: don't know it's
1: interesting so yeah so
0: a lot of the articles that that you brought up either either speak to Moderna or the other one I forget what,
1: Pfizer? No, the other one. Oh, AstraZeneca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because most of the stuff's from other countries, um, which have different vaccine options. We just have the Pfizer one, which isn't clear. Like, Have you had a look at the um, vaccine injury reporting stats from Just New Zealand? Oh, mate. send me those links. I'd love to <laughs> read really them. We've had, we've had 26 people recorded die after taking the vaccine but their their investigations have said that all of those people um died through other reasons not it wasn't related to the vaccine you have to trust them though they don't tell you how they died they just say that 26 people have died after they've been vaccinated in New Zealand. i don't know man like like
0: i know i know we're at risk of sounding like a tinfoil hat podcast <laughs> but but in terms of erring on the side of caution, where I'm at is just leave it, a. Eh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's um, just me, I'm uh, just leave it alone.
2: <laughs> I do really like your quote that you actually said, um, not, on, not on stream, but you said, so you're going to suggest to me to go and get this this um vaccine while there's um vaccine while we've got a pandemic and the virus is real right now and it's not showing that it's going to protect me it could actually end up making me sick um yeah no I might consider it if anything uh, we're out of a pandemic and when i'm
0: known that it's able to be tested yeah i just like i don't want to go too deep because i know what the internet can be like and i'm I'm really worried that someone and i can get banned that's un- that's mm-hmm. only why <laughs> that's the only reason why i'm showing a bit of restraint um but i don't yeah i don't like all the arguments for getting it that have been posted to me have massive gaping holes in them. Um, vaccines do need a lot of research. Mm. They need multi year research. Yeah. They mm-hmm. need they need testing to the nth degree over multiple years. And even then, when it seems safe at that level, people mm. still have adverse effects. Yeah. And we we take that on balance with lots of medication Like, look at chemo, for example. I wouldn't recommend to anyone to take chemo because of the adverse effects, but on the balance of dying with cancer, you might actually take chemo.
1: So... Absolutely. People's perceived risk of getting cancer in this situation is, (laughs) yeah, a bit out of whack. I was wondering if we could do a bit of a bonus thread, Jay, if you wouldn't mind going back to that Twitter link Absolutely. Whereabouts do you just, want me to go? So if you just bring up from that um, post we were talking about, and we'll go from there. Okay. Let me throw back. Uh, and you just want to click on his name, or we'll go to his profile because he's just done a bit of a thread recently, while well, um, uh, in the lead up to this uh live stream. So if we just keep scrolling down. Keep scrolling down. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. No, oh, he's definitely updated to it. So he's got <laughs> Georgia guys huh? So keep, you can see keep this going? is kind of, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. You'll see a post with like a green uh, image, um, and that's the start of it. Wow, this post hard out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. This that one. There. Yeah, that's it there. So if you just click on that, that's the start of his thread. He's just started. to so scroll up a little bit. So you can see what he said, or is that? Oh, is that it? On oh, you're, um, ah, uh. oh, when you click on it like that, yeah, you can. There you go. That's it. Yeah. So the true story of our planet's ruling class, their methods and ultimate objective. Scroll on down. We'll just start with a little bit of it there. So oh no, he's just talking about magicians. Keep scrolling down. He's talking about who the ma- who the big magicians of the world are. Stop there. Um, and then he's talking about revelation. So, um yeah he's, he's alluding to the word revelation and um in the bible he talks about that that being the theme of the events that are happening at this time if we keep scrolling down um keep going we'll just keep there oh too far yeah there, yeah so so what you're seeing here so um It is the study of the subconscious that has been the most groundbreaking in modern psychology. Perhaps the most impactful pioneer is the famous Sigmund Freud. I don't know if we've talked about him a little bit, but that quote there in the. He's the guy that wants
0: to fuck his mother?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's right. The Freudian slip? Yep. Or is that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um but the, he says the conscious mind may be compared to a fountain playing in the sun and falling back into the great subterranean pool of subconsciousness from which it arises interesting partake on consciousness there yeah um keeps scrolling on down and uh, there we go so um oh just get the top of that Sorry, bit of yeah, the, yeah so, that's all right um so he's like so he says, how do you distract an entire civilization while well, you perform your tricks? You must communicate not with their logical mind but their emotional based subconscious. It was Freud's great nephew Edward Bernays who mastered this art. Uh, thus he was known as the father of propaganda. He um, wrote a book called Propaganda which back then wasn't a dirty word. It was only until the the Nazis and Hitler, which you'll just talk about soon, used his book as like a manual on how to how to do your comms for a dictatorship and um then propaganda became a dirty word so if you keep scrolling down um there you go so he wrote a book propaganda in 1928 the word did not hold any negative connotation it would only be after the world war had seen had seen such methods uh, uh could make a nation of people do it again in such a meaning so if you scroll down um Besides being used to form Hitler's cult of personality in the Nazi state, Bernays' methods are also used to get women to smoke by branding it as a feminist issue. They are paid for sexy models to be yeah. um, photographed smoking at a local parade, Parade, sorry, and also to help the CIA orchestrate and overthrow the Democratic-elected Guatemalan government in 1954. So you scroll down there, there's a bit of evidence about Edward Bernays and who's quoted, who's used him as their... Um, um, source material and then you can see that there's a link to netflix so that the company sorry um, where that's just there that just oh uh, there, there down yep. no, down a little bit that one yep so there uh, the, yeah the, the um yeah his so the ceo is a family descendant of edward <laughs> bernays oh my god yeah you keep scrolling down uh and then so if they talk about um Edward bernays being the father ivy lee was the grandfather of um public relations if you scroll down to the next uh yeah so this one here so the the Rockefellers, the one of the most powerful um american families paid this man to help their public relations after they murdered dozens of their own factory workers who were trying to essentially unionize back then so they murdered dozens of their own employees and paid this guy to be their public relations We keep scrolling down this is and so what did he tell what did he tell him to do started telling him to give out nickels and pennies and dimes to the local poor children in front of cameras the first ever version of public relations campaigns was him giving out little coins and um you can see here it says here these methods are still in use today and it's got a comparison of bill gates um with some african people
0: let me pull that up uh, his his
1: his philanthropic, philanthropic efforts Um, and comparing them to the Rockefellers, who were great friends with the gates family um yeah if you keep scrolling down so this so this um oh sorry that image there with the text above um jade that you just scrolled past that one says here that ivy lee was also an advisor to the nazis and was paid thousands of dollars to um advise their party on their um on their public relations. That's an American, right? That's an American who is getting paid. Uh, scroll on down. Um, uh, so that's some information on the Rockefellers and how they were linked to um, eugenics, which is uh, a subject you probably have a little bit of information on, Jade.
0: Yeah, from a, from a different slot, in terms of disability, yep.
1: Mm, mm, mm. But so essentially, this thread is what looks like way longer, and I'm gonna to have to go back to it because some of the stuff wasn't here when I looked at it. But what he was, what he's trying to do there is kind of point the picture that there's some people who are in power using um, well-known science to manipulate people's subconscious to get them to do and act in a certain way that isn't um, congruent with their best interests. Uh, so I guess I'm just going to have to suggest everybody continue reading that thread. Um, It'll, be be stuff, yeah. It'll be available after the yeah, show. It'll be available after the show. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just, just 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 on a whim. Let's keep scrolling and see if there's anything else that's worth highlighting. And I think it's good to know. Okay, so if you haven't already, that image there is of the Georgia Guidestones. If you were to click on that image, Jade. Have you heard of the Georgia Guidestones? I actually haven't. So... It's in the state of georgia it's these giant granite i think granite or or, anyway really hard stone and in all the different languages of the world it's got these instructions um ingrained when you chiseled into them whatever um and the top one there says maintain humanity under 500 uh million in perpetual balance with nature so at the time um at the moment we've got close to eight billion people on the planet so that's uh seven (laughs) seven point three billion people that um need to disappear somehow for these georgia guidestones to come true but basically what it is is these instructions for a new society and um they've been linked to some pretty powerful people that put them in place and um they think it's a bit of a warning sign for things to come that potentially there's going to be something that might happen that will readjust the population to be 500 million based on these stones that turned up in america randomly
0: maybe this is like the the matrix sort of you know how you have reset code maybe maybe that's the reset code population must be 500 million yeah so where are we at now 7
1: billion did you say that picture says 7.8 billion people as uh, of March 2020 so well we all know that the um the the birth-to-death ratio hasn't changed at all um, <laughs> during a global, worldwide pandemic, so it will probably be somewhere similar, if not a little bit more. Did you know that fact, Jake? Run, most run that by me one sh- more time so I, so I know, can get it. For the year of 2020, most countries had on par, or if not less, deaths during a global pandemic than, um, than, than normal. I was aware of that, yeah.
0: I mm, mm, uh, was mm. aware of that and and actually because of restrictions and uh, guidance around hygiene even the common cold hasn't been able to have the impact that it normally does in terms of death that's
1: right that's um, been quite astounding
0: well not for me it makes perfect sense and <laughs> and, and, and all this stuff is a crock of shit but yeah, but, yeah. but I will say this Simon I will say this coming Mm. back to the main screen so Thanos was on to something
1: (laughs) yeah he had a he (laughs) had a very interesting just an interesting point of view on how to do things um, fairly in his eyes so I mean I I don't know a randomised randomised 50% odds lottery draw that's pretty fair I guess
0: cause to get, to get back to five, 5 is it 500 million that's a yeah. lot of, that's a lot of people that need
1: to go yeah yeah so somebody paid a lot of money to put those giant bits of rock in a random place in the state of Georgia and put most of the global languages in like uh you know um put grave. on the stones as well engraved yeah, that's the word thank you Hannah. Um, <laughs> so that so that whoever is inhabiting the land can I interpret that
0: my Mm. goodness gracious me i need to be reading what
1: you're reading simon because you always bring the goods mate this dude spent um three years of his life like uh devoted to researching the occult history and the most powerful people in this world so he he's he made a living off making um day trades and you know investing uh, his own personal income so, so he doesn't need money he could, well he doesn't now Like he's made some very smart money but he w- didn't come from a lot of money to begin with but he's, he, he lived a self sustainable life for three years while he wrote this book and re- did all the research and he's got these fantastic threads about um, pedophilia and the corruption and uh, eugenics and um, yeah all that kind of stuff
0: it's amazing. Thank thank you for bringing the goods today, Simon. Uh to be honest with everybody at home, I did actually have uh one more article, but I think I'm going to carry that over to next week. Um we, we we've got a good amount of time on the clock, so I'm thinking that might be a good impactful place to leave it, Simon. Uh I'm still sitting here like so Thanos else was right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's the part of growing up is realizing <laughs> all the all the bad guys in the superhero movies are actually onto something. Nah, oh man, we're about to finish, but all of that stuff is part of their um their role in programming us to hate ourselves, to believe in overpopulation. You know, yeah. those movies like it's all part of their desire to make us think that humans are this horrible virus overtaking the planet and destroying it when in reality there's plenty of it to go around for all of us it's not us at the issue That is the issue it's the people at the top controlling all the resources they're the issue
0: that was such a raw quote simon i i love your little anecdotes man i'm gonna be thinking about that for the rest of the week i i hmm. do suggest that we uh wrap it up right now so simon you you blown my head right off but do you have any final thoughts
1: yeah let's not ruin the natural resources we have like our aquifers by um uh, recklessly just taking uh, at a much faster race uh, rate than resources can regenerate um the earth will always endure beyond us but whether we can endure with it depends on us living um in some form of
0: harmony and um thank you Simon and for me just to say you you know the value that I get out of these streams is that I I stretch what I think I know about what I know so my my advice my advice to everybody at home is don't be afraid of discourse don't be afraid to go into spaces that you don't agree with or don't like you you know find the people that you don't agree with seek them out have conversations have discourse and get comfortable with it because life is Mm -hmm. not enjoyable unless you know that you know that you know what you're on about hannah any final thoughts thank you to everybody tonight thank you simon
2: thank you jade um no, I'll I'll leave my um my points that I was going to talk about to next week. So. Yeah, we'll do, we'll thanks. do all that
0: next week. And um, thank you everyone for joining us. It's been an epic roller coaster of a podcast. Simon, and I always enjoy spending
1: time with you. So thanks, man. Likewise, thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Good to see you both looking well and um doing doing good things in the lockdown.
0: Thank uh you. but for now, guys thank you for being a part of the channel. Thank you for being a part of the journey and Simon.
1: And we'll see you in the next... Oh no, you stay awesome. Please stay
0: awesome and... We'll see you guys in the next one.
1: Caked up, but we got
0: there. (laughs) See you later everybody, thanks. Bye guys. Ciao. Peace.